Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. We have a lot of stuff planned for today. We have an exciting service at 12. Amen. But this morning, I, uh, I really wanted to come to you today, teach, teach a lesson today about uh, what happened before the cross and what happened before the tribulation and what happened before Jesus Christ was uh, betrayed, before he was taken captive, before he felt the pressures uh, of our weight of sin upon him. Amen. There was something that happened, and I really want to talk to us about it today. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn me very quickly uh, to the book of Matthew. Amen. I've got to get my scriptures up here. That's what, uh, that's what happens when you hadn't seen saying, uh, about the cross in a long time. Got to pull up some lyrics. Amen. But I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 26. Amen. I'm going to begin there in verse uh, 36. It should be on the screen behind me. Amen. But when you have it, amen, just say amen. Amen. Matthew 26, beginning in verse 36. If you have it, say amen. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, sit ye here. While I go pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto him, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Amen. I want to talk to you today for just a few moments on this subject, the power of a prayer meeting, the power of a prayer meeting. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today. We ask you that you would speak to us today. God, grow us, mature us, speak to us today, Lord. Let your word flow through us today, God. Change our lives by this word today, and we will be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory and all the honor. Would you put your hands together now, lift your voice and give him praise. Somebody shout in Jesus name. You may be seated in Jesus name. Amen. The garden of Gethsemane is in my opinion, 
uh, one of the most beautiful parts of the story of Calvary. It is, uh, to me, one of the most important parts of the story of Calvary. It is kind of one of those stories that sometimes gets passed over uh, because uh, it's just not, it doesn't feel like it is a part of what's happening at Calvary. It doesn't feel like it's a part of what's going on, uh, but it is the most important part of Calvary, in my opinion. Number one, I feel like it is important because we see the humanity of Jesus Christ. He reveals unto us uh, his spirit and his humanity when he tells God and he speaks to the Father, the flesh speaking to the spirit, that flesh man, that, that the man Christ, the perfect lamb slain from the foundation of the earth speaks to the spirit that is inside him. And he asks if there's any way he can get around this. It, it almost gives me hope as a human being that if Jesus Christ didn't want to do it, if there was a spirit inside him that said, Lord, if there's any way that I can not drink this cup, let it pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. He knew what was coming. He knew that there was about to be pain. He knew that there was about to be betrayal. He knew that there was about to be blood and guts. He knew that there was about to be death brought into his life. He knew the pain that was just around the corner. But his spirit, his spirit, his, the, the flesh of that, that man did not want to go through with it. Amen. It, it almost gives me hope today because... There's some stuff in my world, and I know there's some stuff in your world that it's hard to receive it sometimes. And sometimes I have the emotion, God, I don't, I don't want to go through this. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to experience this, God. I don't, I don't want this to happen in my life. But he gave us a beautiful picture when he said these words, not my will, but thy will be done. God, I don't want to do it. God... I'm not ready for this. God, this is too much for me. God, I'm telling you my complaint. God, this is more than I can bear. God, this is more than I can handle. However, God, whatever you want to do is fine with me. Sometimes uh, when we go through struggles in our life and trials and tribulations and there's nobody in the room that is exempt from that idea of trials, tribulations, and trouble. We have all been through it, and if you stay alive long enough, you're going to go through it. If you hadn't experienced it yet, hold on, baby, because it's coming. Amen? It's going to happen. And when those times happen, it is important how we pray. I said it's important how we pray. It's not just important that we pray, but it's important how we pray. God, I want you to make a way. God, I know you're a miracle worker. God, I know you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. However, Lord, whatever you decide, whatever you do is going to be fine with me. At the end of the day, I still love you. I still trust you. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Sometimes we are very guilty of praying God into a corner. Let me say that again. We're very guilty of praying God into a corner. God, if you don't heal me, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be mad at you. God, if you don't make a way out of no way, I'm going to hold it against you. God, if you don't open up this door in my life, I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to have bitterness in my heart. God, you better make a way. You, you better do this, Lord. You better make it happen. But that's not how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray, tell God what you want to tell him. God, make a way. I need you to step in. I need you to open the door. I need you to be a, mayway, uh, a, a way maker. But Lord, it doesn't matter what happens at the end of this story. I still love you and I still trust you you and I'm still going to show up on Sunday morning and give you my praise because it's not my will but it's thy will that is done when you pray that way you prepare yourself for whatever may come I'm reminded uh, in the Bible in the book of Daniel chapter 3 we, we, we meet Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Hananiah Mishael and Azariah and they do not bow to Nebuchadnezzar's idol that he has set up and so around uh, um, Daniel chapter 3, verse 14, I believe it is, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is speaking to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, is it true that you do not bow to my idol? Is it true that you do not worship or serve my gods? And they said, it, it is true, O king. He said, when you hear the sound of music, you are supposed to bow to the idol, and if you bow, then good. But if you do not bow, then the same hour, I will throw you in the fiery furnace. He gave them the ultimatum. Either you bow or you die. This is how it's going to work here. And the three Hebrew boys say to the king, they say, O king Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom is able, he will deliver us from thy hand, O king. But in in, uh, the book of Daniel chapter 3, verse 18, they say this, but if not. The most important three words in the Christian vocabulary. But if not. We know God is able. We know God will. But if he don't, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not bow. We will not serve your idols. That is what Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. This is the power of this prayer meeting. God, I know you're able to bring me out. I don't want to do this. Let this cup pass for me. But if it don't, thy will be done. I'm able to receive it. I'm able to take it. There's some stuff that we can't take because we ain't prayed about it. There's some stuff that we can't handle because we ain't prayed about it. God, I can't handle this. Why can't you handle it? You can't handle it because you haven't already made up your mind what you're going to do if it happens. I know there's some folks in the room today, myself included. There's some stuff that if God doesn't work it out, it ain't going to get worked out. You know, I can't do it. I don't don't have the resources to do it. I don't have the finances to do it. I don't have the connections to do it. If God doesn't do it, it will not get done. Amen? If God doesn't make a way, then there will be no way. God has to do this. And if it doesn't happen, I need to prepare myself through prayer and get my heart ready. The Bible says that Jesus came to this place, Gethsemane, and he began to pray. And he prayed. The time was at hand. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He leaves his disciples. He says, I want you to watch with me or pray with me. He goes to a private place. The Bible says he falls on his face and he begins to pray. He begins to speak to God. 
that, that man, that flesh man begins to speak to the spirit that's inside of him, that God that encompasses him. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Me and the father, we are one. And he's speaking, that man, that flesh man, the one that's going to take the bruises, the one that's going to take the whipping post, the one that will be slapped in the face, the one that will have the crown of thorns shoved on his head, the one who will take the cat of nine tails, uh, the one who will have his hands and feet pierced uh, with steel nails to a wooden cross and hang and suffocate his diaphragm and lungs crushed by the weight of his own body. The man who will die, taste death. Uh, That man, that person cries out to God in that garden. God, let this pass from me. God, help me with this. Uh, God, oh my father, he says in verse 42, if this cup may not Pass away from me, except I drink it. Thy will be done. He prays. He goes and finds the disciples. They're asleep. And he says, could you not watch with me one hour? So it leads us to believe that the first prayer meeting that he had in the garden was one hour. He prayed for one hour. He asked them, could you not even sit up and wait with me one hour? But then he goes back. In the first hour, he prays this. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now, that's a very short prayer. But he prayed for an hour. I think this very short prayer here we're hearing is encompassing what he said. This is a summary of how he prayed. He prayed for an hour. He said a lot of stuff. But this is a summary of what he was trying to get to God. God, I don't want to do this. This is too much for me. This pain is too much. This betrayal is too much. But not what I will, God, but what you will. He prayed that for an hour. He came back to the disciples. They were asleep. Can't you wait with me one hour? He goes back and prays for another hour. He says something to his disciples here in verse 41. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He gives us a picture inside of his own spirit right there. He gives us a a view inside of what's happening inside of him. He said, you got to pray so you're not tempted to run away from this thing. Because the spirit, the spirit knows what it needs to do. But my flesh, my flesh is weak. And so how do I kill my flesh? How do I make, bring my flesh into subjection? How do I uh, resist the temptation to run? How do I resist the temptation to call down a legion of angels uh, and take me out of here? How do I resist the temptation to blind everybody and walk out like I did back in Nazareth? How Do I do this? How do I make this? How can I control my flesh? You got to pray. The power of a prayer meeting. Have you prayed about it? Are you going through something today? Have you prayed about it? You got some trouble going on in your world? Have you prayed about it? Is there something that's too heavy for you to bear? Have you prayed about it? Is there something in your life, in your world that is so weighty that you cannot figure it out? You can't make heads or tails of it. My question today is, have you prayed about it? Have you spoke to the Lord about it? 
I'm not talking for five minutes or two minutes. Have you had a prayer meeting? Have you got alone with the Lord and said, God, here is my complaint. This is what I need. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thy will be done. Let me tell you what a prayer meeting will do. The power of a prayer meeting is it will resist the temptation in your world and it will make the flesh weak and the spirit strong. The flesh is naturally strong. We feed our flesh all the time. The flesh is naturally more powerful than the spirit. Not because we choose to be that way. It is our culture. We, we entertain ourselves. We, we eat. Uh, we sleep. We, we spend time with friends. We, we make phone calls. We get on social media. Our flesh is, is, is full. And it's like the old Indian proverb where uh, the Indian chief told the young brave, he said, inside every man, there are two wolves. One is a, a white wolf, and, and, and he is for good. And one is a dark wolf, and, and he is for evil. And the young brave said, well, chief, how, how do I know which wolf will win in the end? How, which, which wolf will control me? Will I be good or will I be evil? How do I control? And the old chief said, whichever wolf you feed will be the one that wins. Our culture naturally feeds our flesh. We're, we're naturally flesh-driven. We, we live by our desires. Our, our, our greatest desire in life is to be happy. Is that not your greatest desire, just to be happy? That that is our ultimate goal, is to be happy. That is the ultimate goal of our generation. That is the ultimate goal of our culture, is to be happy. We live in a time uh, there, but that happiness is controlling all of us, but happiness is also killing us because we feel like if we're not happy, then something must be wrong. But I've said this before. I'll say it again. Happy does not mean healthy. Happy doesn't mean healthy. It's not what it means. Uh, we, the, the older generation uh, really didn't feel uh, or care too much about happiness. They cared about provision. Is my family taken care of? Am I, am I doing the right thing as a man? Am I doing the right thing as a woman? And happiness didn't play into a lot of their lives. That's why we see some of the older generation that, that, that stayed in bad relationships way longer than they should have. We see, we see oh, older men that work jobs that they didn't get paid a whole lot on that job, but they worked it for 50 and 60 years and worked their fingers to the bone because for them it wasn't about happiness. It was about provision. That was their culture. Where Our culture has shifted now, and we're all about happiness. We want to be happy, and if we don't like it, we'll just throw it in the ditch because it doesn't make us happy. But God is not so concerned about your happiness as you are. God is concerned about your soul. And he's not trying to make you happy. He's trying to make you ready. God's ultimate goal in your life is not to make you happy. God's ultimate goal in your life is to make you ready. 
ready to meet him in the air, ready to be called up to that glorious, that glorious home on high. His, his goal is to save you and keep you ready. I know you want to be happy. I want to be happy. I want all of you to be happy. But at the end of the day, God, if you got to take my happiness away so that you can save my soul, well, then take my happiness because I want to be saved. I'd rather not be happy here and make it there. Come on, somebody. Our culture has lied to us and told us that if it doesn't make us happy, then we can just throw it by the wayside and we don't need it anymore. I want to do what makes me happy. Well, sometimes in God and sometimes in life, you're not going to be happy. But just because you're not happy doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Maybe he's putting you through something. Maybe he's making you go through something because he's trying you like pure gold. He's testing you like pure silver. And he knows if you're ever going to be what God has called you to be, then you got to go through some stuff to get there. Oh God, not my will, but thy will be done. If we're going to depend on me, then I'm going to choose the easy road. But God, not my will, but thy will be done. God, if it be your will that I drink this cup, then let me drink this cup because I know you know better than I know. You got it all figured out than I do. And I know that I may die, but I will rise again. I know that this is only for a season. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not in, but through. God, you're taking me through the valley of the shadow of death. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. This is just a season, somebody. You got to get into a prayer meeting and say, God, prepare me. Get my heart right. Get my spirit right. I don't want my flesh to be tempted. I don't want my flesh to be tempted to give up and throw in the towel. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. I'm supposed to be teaching. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation because the spirit indeed is willing. The spirit is ready. The spirit knows what you need. But, but, but the flesh, the flesh is what's weak. I'm not praying for my spirit. I'm praying for my flesh. I'm not trying to get the spirit under subjection. I'm trying to get the flesh under subjection. That's what this prayer meeting's about. I got to beat the flesh here because if I let the flesh win, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. He went away the second time, verse 42, and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, that will be done. God, if I got to go through this, if I have to go through this, then, then your will be done. If this is your plan, God, then your will be done. He came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. Verse 43, and he left them and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. He had a three-hour prayer meeting. Three hours he prayed. God, help my spirit. I don't want to do this, God. But God, you got you to give me power. I, I, I'm taking control of the flesh here. 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking control. The spirit man is growing here. The spirit man is, is rising here. The, the, the spirit man is gaining strength. The, 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 the spirit man is, is going to be good with this. Uh, but the flesh has to be destroyed. It took him three hours to pray. In verse 45, when he came the last time, he cometh unto the end and he said, sleep, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. He seems a whole lot more calmer now. He is willing to walk right into the betrayal. He is willing to step right into what's happening. When, when the soldiers come, Peter, you see, Peter didn't pray. Peter slept for three hours. <clears throat> he slept for three hours while Jesus prayed. So Jesus here is ready to meet his end. He's calm, cool, and collected. The flesh has been destroyed, and the spirit is strong. Three hours it took him. Three hours of prayer. But that three-hour prayer meeting is about to take him through several days of torture and pain. That three-hour prayer meeting is about to keep him calm all the way through this horrible moment. That three-hour prayer meeting gave him strength to stand as they came to betray him. Now, Peter didn't pray. So when the soldiers came, Peter pulls his sword out and goes starts chopping people's ears off because he ain't prayed. The spirit ain't in him. He should have prayed with Jesus. If he would have prayed with Jesus, he wouldn't have got caught up in that moment. He would have been okay. Jesus is walking like a lamb to the slaughter, the Bible says. Like a lamb to the slaughter. Just calm, easy. He, he didn't even open his mouth uh, to defend himself. Uh, he walks right into their hands while the person who didn't pray is trying to fight people. I can tell who's been praying who ain't been praying. You can tell who's been praying and who ain't been praying. You got folks that want to fight you got folks that want to cut other folks' ears off. You got folks that want to stand up, be a man. I'm guilty of it myself. It's because I ain't been praying. If I would have prayed and my heart was right and my spirit was right, I wouldn't be so defensive or offensive. Jesus walks right in to the hands of his takers. He walks right into the hands of his captors. And it's not because he's God himself and has supernatural power because we know three hours ago he was telling God, I don't want to do this. But something happened in that three-hour prayer meeting that all that went away. And now he's standing there full of the Holy Ghost. The man has been destroyed and the spirit stands there now. And he says, God, whatever you're going to do, do it. Whatever I got to go through, do it. I'm not lashing out. I'm not trying to cut nobody's ears off. Matter of fact, when Peter cut the Roman soldier's ear off, Jesus bent down, picked up the ear, and healed the man. Woo. It's amazing what a good prayer meeting to do. There's power in a prayer meeting. I said there's power in a prayer meeting. 
You got some trouble going in your, on in your world. You may not even need a counseling session. You may need to go pray. You may need to get yourself alone in a room and pray until you feel it break. Sometimes a 30-minute prayer meeting won't cut it. Sometimes a one-hour prayer meeting won't cut it. But when you pray until you feel the flesh break and you pray until you know God has moved heaven and earth, you'll walk out of that room and no matter what comes your way, it'll just roll off of you like water off a duck's back because I've been in a prayer meeting. I've been with the Lord. I know he's on my side. I don't care what's coming my way. I know God is going to make a way. Hallelujah. There's power in a prayer meeting. Oh, hallelujah. Peter didn't pray. He didn't have a prayer meeting. He follows Jesus as they're taking him. He didn't have a prayer meeting. He slept for three hours when he should have been praying. Hey, ain't you one of them disciples? I, haven't I seen you with Jesus? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I get that all the time. I kind of look like that one guy, but it's not me. He denies Christ. Second time, hey, 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 I know, I know you. You're that, uh, man, I've I seen you with Jesus somewhere. That ain't me, man. I don't know why people keep saying that. I got one of those faces. The third time, hey, ain't you uh, Peter? Yeah, I know you. And he curses. I am not blankety blank with Jesus. And as soon as it comes out of his mouth, he hears the rooster crow. If I would have prayed for three hours, maybe I wouldn't have betrayed him three times. But because I missed the prayer meeting, while Jesus is being led away with his mouth closed, uh, not putting up a fight, uh, able to walk right into this tribulation, Peter is struggling with it. He's, he, he's having an issue with it. He cannot defeat that flesh. Uh, that man, that old fisherman has come back again, and he's got a foul mouth, and he's just so easily separating himself from Jesus Christ because he didn't pray. You're dealing with flesh and you're dealing with struggles in your life. Maybe it's because you ain't prayed. This morning, my question to myself and to you as well, to all of us as Christians, is this. Have you prayed about it? Got trouble in your family? Have you prayed about it? I'm not talking about praying over your food. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know. That, that's great. You should, you should have little prayers like that in your life. You should pray over your food. You should, you should pray. But, but, but if you got trouble in your life, have you prayed about that trouble specifically? Have you locked yourself in a room for over an hour and just prayed until you felt God do something about it, until you felt release from it? Have you prayed until the burden lifted? Have you prayed until you could be calm about it? Why didn't Daniel fight when they drug him to the lion's den? He'd been praying three hours a day. Prayed in the morning, prayed in the noon, and he prayed in the evening with his window open. 
So when they come to get him to throw him in the lion's den, he didn't fight. He didn't try to, to resist it. He said, throw me in the lion's den. I've been praying. I got a, I got a prayer life going here. <laughs> There's power in a prayer meeting. The Bible says they were all in the upper room, one mind, one accord. They had been praying for days. And the Holy Ghost set upon each of them in a prayer meeting. In a prayer meeting. There's power in a prayer meeting. There's power in prayer. Jesus was about to face the most grueling torture of probably any human being on the face of the planet. Most men would have died on the whipping post from loss of blood. Most men never made it past that part. Be beaten, spat upon, ridiculed, mocked, lied on, scorned, physically abused, verbally abused, emotionally abused. What, what he was facing wasn't, you know, somebody just lying on him. What he was facing wasn't just a small moment. What he was facing was a grueling future. For the next couple days, he was going to be put through some of the worst things that any human being has ever been put through. But he was able to make it through all of it. He never opened his mouth to defend himself. When they lied on him, he never opened his mouth to defend himself. When they lied about him, he never opened his mouth to defend himself. And when Pilate said, are thou the Christ, the son of the living God? Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, thou sayest it. Why not defend yourself? I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't say those things. Why not try to make it right? Though that three-hour prayer meeting got him through three days of torture and death. What are you going through today, saying to God, that a prayer meeting could make it much better? I'm not saying it's going to take it away. See, they say that's our problem. We think a prayer meeting is going to take it away. We, got, we think God's a genie in a bottle. We can pray a little prayer, and he pops out, gives us three wishes, and everything goes away. But I don't pray for everything to go away. It's not why I pray. It's not what prayer is about. Prayer is not about making it go away. Prayer is about settling my soul for what comes next. God, I want you to take it away. I can't handle this. I want you to fix it. I want you to make it right. I, I need you to make a way out of no way. But God, no matter what you do here, I still love you. God, no matter what you choose to do, because you're God and you don't owe me nothing. Do you know that today that God doesn't owe you a thing? He already gave his life for you. He don't owe you nothing else. I know you may feel entitled, but you are not entitled. God owes you nothing. So God, whatever you want to do here, it's going to be okay with me. Just get me right, God, because I'm going to have a little problem with it. This is going to hurt me. This is going to give me pain. However, I need you to know, Lord, that I love you and I trust you. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. 
Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And people say, how can you make it through this? How, how are you still on your feet? How are you making it through this trouble and trial? I'll tell you how. I had a prayer meeting. <laughs> i tell you how. Oh, are you, are you taking something to make it? Oh, I'm not taking nothing. I had a prayer meeting. Me and the Lord talked. Me and the Lord had a one-on-one. And the Lord showed me that it's going to be all right. He's with me through this. He ain't leaving me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging bread. He's always by my side. This is some trouble. And this is some mess. But God is greater. Woo. Man, I wish we had time to have a prayer meeting right now. We could work some stuff out. I got to stop before I get carried away. Stand with me all over the room. I know that it may seem uh, simple and even juvenile to, to most Christians uh, because it, it, it should be and is uh, just a part of our world, a part of our life. However, I would just ask you today that before you make a rash decision or before you walk out on God or, or, or before you give up something in your, in your world, just, just have a prayer meeting. And I don't pray for response. It's not why I'm praying. I'm praying so that God knows that I'm going to be okay with this, Lord, that, that my spirit is right. There's, there's times to pray and thank him and praise him. There's times to pray and, and, and pour your spirit out to the Lord. There's times to pray and lift him up. There's time to pray for one another, call out, you know, parents' names, mama's names, brother's names. But there's sometimes there's some stuff going on in your world that it takes some time to work your spirit out. Listen. I'm not trying to convince God. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself. God doesn't have a problem. I do. God's all-powerful, all-knowing, and omniscient. He's got it worked out. I'm the one with the problem. So I'm not praying to tell God something or make God do something. I'm praying for myself. God, you got to get me right. Because if you work a miracle, I'm going to shout and sing and I'm going to rejoice. But if you don't work a miracle and I still got to go through this, I'm going to keep a smile on my face, joy in my heart, because I know you're not going to leave me through this. And this is all working together for my good. Somehow, some way, this is all working together for my good. Won't you give my hand clap of praise and tell them you love them? Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.